Oh, come take a cruise. Come take a cruise with the most ethical real estate brokerage in all of California, Pacific Shore Estates. That's right. You can't spell Pacific Shore Estates without ethics. Because I want to let everybody out there know, Mr. Brian Link, coming up later on in this podcast, will tell you exactly how his journey went and how he became the most ethical man in all of real estate. You can find them at PacificShoreEstates.com or you can reach them at 1-800-217-1539. Hello, Stephen. Thank you for choosing my voice. What would I like? Let's see. The music is always useful. It gives me the tempo. And, um, well, it all helps, doesn't it? Hope you're having a good day. Welcome to the Who Cares podcast, a podcast that enters your soul with your host, Stephen Moraga. From the beautiful seaside town of Huntington Beach, California, where they turn off electricity on all their residents, it's time once again for the moon. Right, welcome again to the Who Cares Podcast. It's me. It's me. The Who Cares Podcast chairman, the chairman of your boat, or whatever, the captain of your boat, the chairman. The chairman of Think LLC is what I am. But the captain of your boat sifting through the shore of life. Yeah, let's take that back. Sifting through the seas of life and try to get you on shore. It is me, Stephen. Stephen with a PH. I'm here! That's right. It is me. And finally, once again, brand new episode that you've been waiting for. The Who Cares Podcast. And I'm joined here by one man, the greatest co-host the world has ever seen. The man that has taken uh, thoughts, made him a reality. Here he is, Mr. John Montgomery Thunderbird the Third. Oh, yes. It is time again, Stephen. It is time again for us to tell the world what they need to hear. What is that? That degrees are now worth the paper that they're written on and deserve (laughs) to be recycled. (laughs) So I think you're alluding to something very, very powerful right now. We're going to jump right into it here on the Who Cares podcast. John Montgomery Thunderbird the uh, Third, thank you once again for joining us here. Um, of course. Before we jump into all the degree talk, we want to let everybody know out there go to intothe.am.com 
and make sure you type in what's the play games. Uh, you can find the link within our um, the link within uh, the description here, on, whether it be on iTunes, whether it be on Stitcher, whether it be through Anchor, well, however it goes. Uh, just make sure that you uh, go ahead and click on that link, uh, and you type in what's the play games, and you will get ten to twenty to thirty percent off. I don't know whatever they want to give you for that particular item. I don't think they'll give you more than thirty. But um, John Montgomery, you've, you've, are you wearing all fifty shirts that you uh, yeah, purchased? Yeah, I, I wear them all at once every time I wear them. So <laughs> it's a good like inch and a half off of me, and it's breathable. It's it soaks up everything that it needs to soak up, and I look great. That's right. You do look stylish doing that, so that's that's a beautiful thing. Well, um, there's even bigger news on the horizon. Fuck all the Hollywood bullshit, all the, the paying for to get into your schools and, and ridiculousness. Um, there's something more important, John. I agree, Stephen. Uh, as of today, let's see, recording it uh, yeah, on a Wednesday. Yes. As of today, we have officially signed with Leviathan. That's right. Leviathan, one of the greatest mobile app game companies this world has ever seen. We think so. Or else we wouldn't have signed with them. But That's right. we did have to do our due diligence. That's right. We did. <laughs> we did. We definitely we definitely did. And uh, uh, we'd like to give a shout out to Mr. Wyeth, the uh, chairman. Uh, and you can... Uh, anybody out there is interested in uh, application development, mobile application development, his name is Wyeth Ridgeway, and uh, so far, so good. Uh, we'll definitely tell you if it goes wrong, but uh, everything we've seen, uh, they have been recommended by a, a very close personal friend of ours, a longtime close personal friend of ours, Mr. Quinn Buchanan, John's favorite person in the world. That's right. He um, helped me come up with the phrase... Uh... He is a man of great quintelect, and it's very quintresting. <laughs> and I owe my uh, my quintroduction to <laughs> <laughs> mobile apps to him. Yeah, I mean, uh, man's a great dude. And uh, we also want to thank uh, our friend, uh, uh, close personal friend, Joe Devannon. Uh, who introduced us. Uh, I believe he does uh, a lot of the work for Keller Williams Corporate, and uh, he introduced us to Quinn Buchanan. And uh, so it's been, a, it's been a really wild ride, but I promise you, universe, global, national, that what's the play is finally going to come into fruition. Uh, and because we've, what would you say, John, we've had, how many iterations have we gone through that uh, we just weren't satisfied? And um, At least four, maybe four. three. Right. But, um, you know, it it's, it's difficult to come up with an app that you just want to make sure that it's executed properly. And, um, you know, you got to, of course, you're going to change your mind several times when, something has to be perfect and um perfection is um probably not even good enough for our app like we need something better than perfect absolutely 
Um, but to chase perfection is a great thing because if you get, you know, you, you'll be closer than 99% of the world. You know, if you, if you go out, it doesn't matter what you do. Try to chase perfection. You'll never right. get there. But if you get close, man, there you yeah, are. Yeah, just, just raise the bar. Like, geez, man. Like, accept nothing less than absolute perfection. Right. Demand more from yourself than anyone could possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. And demand way more than others can handle. That way you get to see them blow up and um, (laughs) yell, cry, and uh, just tell you their inner secrets. (laughs) And then you hire them. That's right. You break them down and then you either build them back up or you kick them while they're down. No, we don't kick them. (laughs) That's John's evil attitude over there. He He is our mad scientist, so. Yeah. Just kidding. We've all we, listen. We've all been there. We've all thought that. Uh, but sometimes you do. You do to measure a man's worth or a woman's worth. You need to break a person down. And that's some right. may say that's mind games or that's whatever. No. But sometimes you have to see what they're worth. If they're worth the journey that you already have laid out for them. Yeah, it's not like you like purposely testing them. Like, no. oh, let's see if they pass this test. That that shit's bullshit. It's just. The only way to get the best version of that person is to break them down and then build Build them back back up. up. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Um, We've gone through uh, a couple different employees and whatnot through our, in our company and um, you know, great. Many of them have helped us. uh, Some of them not, but many of them have, definitely helped us as I'm getting yeah, I think most of them have I, I do too in their own way and everything they definitely have and, and we wouldn't be where we're at today uh, and I think that it's to everybody out there um, you don't know what mistakes you make or you know uh, you don't know the triumphs till later I mean it's, you, it's exactly. all mistakes pretty much you know yeah and uh, as long as you don't look at everything is failure there are no failures it's just a misstep and move on you know if you consider it failure then you're done and everyone goes home and then you think 30 years later what would have happened had i mm-hmm. continued just reached out exactly. had i just communicated and that's one of the things that you know we just had a, a meeting this evening and it's like man if you just reach out to your you know, to people that you care about within the, you know, within your company, you're, who you're loyal to and, and whatnot, mm-hmm. you you have to communicate. I mean, what communication is the only reason why we talk. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> how we communicate. I know, right? And, uh, I mean, hopefully we keep talking because <laughs> if we don't, we'll probably de-evolve and lose our mouths. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. Quit typing, everyone, and go to your friend's house and say hello. Knock on their door. Yeah, otherwise you'll sound like him. Well, sounding like him brings me to last week's podcast. We got a lot of emails, and we got a couple of tweets. We got uh, uh, 
mostly positive, but we did get a little bit of hate. We always will. That just means nature of the beast job. Right. So uh, some people thought we were a little unfair to the other who cares podcasts. Uh, I don't know. What would you call them? Podcasts? Um, (laughs) I would call them. uh, Not fit. Not fit for consumption. No. So we did get some, we got a little backlash, but you know, I don't know why, because we gave these people a opportunity to our audience, which is much more vast and much more uh, intelligent. I would yeah. say, I mean, but Quint- as a whole, I would say quintelligent, quintelligent. Uh, and so, you know, they can make their own assumptions or they can make their own decisions. Mm-hmm. And we gave we gave these uh, particular individuals a platform, and that's all you can do in this podcast community. Yeah, like uh, to hate on us for giving them a platform—that's just that sounds ridiculous to me. Just drinking some haterade. Like we gave them more exposure than they would have ever gotten otherwise. So you're gonna hate us for helping them? You hate us because you ain't us. Yeah. <laughs> You're and I'm your co-host and your guest, and I'm here to say, long live me. <laughs> and long live our guest, Mr. Brian Link. He is the broker and owner of Pacific Shore Estates. That's right. It's Pacific Shore Estates. And you can get Pacific Shore Estates if you go into that Google machine or if you just type in PacificShoreEstates.com. And you say, hey, I don't even know what I'm going to do with my life. I, I I have all this money, but I don't have any trustworthy realtors out there. That's right. They ain't trustworthy. They're all going to take your money and they'll sell you out for a dollar or for their grandma. Or if, oh, if they are the grandma, because a lot of them look like it, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they will sell you out for themselves, I guess. Is that what they do? Well, whatever. They'll sell you They're out all old. They're all old. All the real ones are old, and they ain't moving up in the world. They ain't moving up with the times. Come to Pacific Shore Estates, where Mr. Brian Link will make sure that you get a home that is worthy for you, and he will make he makes sure that you can't spell Pacific Shore Estates without ethics, and that is the number one thing he talks about: ethics, ethics, ethics. You know, that you're in good hands. I don't want to say that. Because am I taking from all, whatever, that, that yeah. African-American man? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, you know you're in good cradle care uh, with Pacific Shore <laughs> Estates. And Mr. John uh, Montgomery Thunderbird III, since he's been hosting, co-hosting this podcast, didn't you just buy a house recently? I did, Stephen. It's all because of this podcast. Look at um, that. You guys at home and supporting us, sending in your donations, sending Mm. in um, all your gold slabs. Mm. They've helped me raise enough money to buy a home from Mm. Brian Link. And Brian Link made that process so easy, awesome, fun, and best of all, he was honest with me. So I wasn't stuck into a loan that I couldn't afford. Mm. And... Um, he saved my family and he saved me oh your kids are better off you're better off and uh absolutely the podcast is better off now that we're being supported and uh stick around to the end of the interview because there's a big reveal 
and uh, you might want to hear it. So thank you, Mr. John. Are you ready to listen to Mr. Brian Link? I am. All right. Here it is. Uh, I think these good people are uh, ready for it, too. Get your pen and paper handy and your popcorn ready, Mr. Brian Link. So we're live here on the Who Cares podcast. Uh, so Brian, Brian Link, you're sounds like you're a simple man, huh? Pretty simple, I'd say so. What made you choose that uh, particular song? You know, I, I, I identify with it. Um, you know, just a just a simple man. You know, I don't I don't need the you know the flashy car. Or, you know, I don't need the you know the the Gucci chain or anything like that. <laughs> I, I like to just you know. Um, you know, I need what I need. That's beautiful. And uh, your clients probably need what they need, so you going to help them this year? Oh, you know it, man. <laughs> I know you, you know. What we, you know, we like to tailor every deal to the individual client, their individual needs. The only thing we don't, you know, shake up is um, our ethics. That's right. And so, Mr. Brian Link, you are the broker and owner of Pacific Shore Estates, located in the beautiful city of Orange. Uh, I think last week uh, our audience got to hear a little uh, commercial uh, starring, uh, starring some weirdo. But, um, uh, you know, I think let's wa- rewind it back and, you know, just hanging out here. And, you know, what if you could tell me about your first day on the job as a realtor? What, what happened? What really happened that day? My first day on the job as a realtor. Gosh, yeah. that was some thirteen years ago now. Damn. Um, a year before you won the the award for the re- youngest realtor to know everything about real estate. Oh yeah. A lot of everything I got to learn helped with uh, you know working with uh, one of the top appraisers in you know in, in the in the business in California. Oh, so you had a mentor? Yes, my mentor. He was the you know. He's a general appraiser, or he probably still is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he actually wrote the book on appraisal in California. No joke. Like throughout the eighties and nineties, and you, you know, put the algorithms together to actually come up with valuations for. Uh, you know, his bread and butter was, you know, uh, going to court, right? Helping with divorces, coming up with valuations, and right, he'd be their and, star witness or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Right. I remember he would, uh, you know, he'd be sick going before, you know, the, the day before going to court and sitting on the stand because he knew a lot of stuff depended on him. Really? But, yeah, but I, I learned a lot from him. You know, when, when you see someone that nervous over something like that, you you really start paying attention to why it gets to him. And it's, uh, you know, a lot of what I, I got out of the business from him was really being able to see valuation. And the trends. Unfortunately, you know, he didn't tell me the market was about to crash. <laughs> who I knew? He saw that coming except for, you know, the guys who were really making money on it crashing. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I don't think, I think everybody was pretty much blindsided by that. What is it, uh, too big to fail or was it too big? Uh, yeah, too big to fail, big short. Those big, yeah, big short. Yeah, those covered, covered it very well. 
Yeah. Yeah, that was and a rough time. That was, you know, I probably, it's hard to say what I did my first day, but I know a lot of what we did was, you know, we were stuffing envelopes. Yeah, yeah. Like when you first went into the real estate office, you're like, man, you know, because for me personally, I went in there. I'm like, whoa, I'm doing real estate. Like it's a real job. And it's like, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was just like something so totally like different from like being a waiter or whatever, well, you know, it blew me cool. away because I was I got my license in like August of that year. And then um, I started as a realtor in December. Oh, okay. Um, but between August and December, I, you know, I had the license and I went and jumped into trying to be like a loan generator, a loan officer. Oh, right. Um, I wasn't really sure which side of the business I wanted to be on. Right. That was, yeah, that was difficult. And I really couldn't get it going as a loan officer because I, I felt like I was um, too ethical. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, back, uh, yeah, that's true. Because you would have started right when everybody was just the greediest bunch of people on the planet, whether it be at Ditech, whether it be at uh, New Century. And you know what's crazy? Not one executive from any one of those uh, did time. Yeah, that's uh, that's amazing. But, you know, it shows where the power is in this country. But I I remember my first day doing the loan. Countrywide, countrywide, countrywide. They had me call. I remember the. They had me call. Um, calling people across the country while they're eating dinner. Right. And they wanted me to try to sell them on refinance on their house at the moment. And oh really? I just it, it didn't make sense to me to tell them to take all the equity out of their house and go buy a boat. <laughs> <laughs> So I, that, that and in, and in three months, you're oh no, uh, you said when was it in two thousand five? Okay, uh, oh, in four years, you're you're probably worth half. Just to let you know. Yeah? yeah, that was that was two thousand six, and then December two thousand six, I, I went to the real estate office, and we're doing stuff the old school way, and you know, stuffing envelopes and yeah, you but, know, cold calling and right. stuff like that. You need that, you know, to like, you know, I, I uh, commend any realtor that's been in the business for a long time because, man, it's uh, it's really uh, that nobody pays for nothing for you. Nobody, mm-hmm. you know, you have to finance everything. Uh, yeah, they give you some classes, these brokerage houses or whatnot, but, um, the, you know, the, it looks more like prestige, like a Berkshire Hathaway or a Keller Williams or whatever. They look, they don't really do nothing for their, uh, their people. And uh, that's the industry. That's the way it was. It was developed, right? Yeah, it, it, exactly. They, they, Independent contractors. You're either, either going to go out there and figure it out or you're not. Right. That's the way they look at it. Right. Yeah. And I remember the first day I started as a realtor at that office. They gave me a key. They gave me a desk. And <laughs> well, at least you got that. It, yeah, and, and they gave me some business cards, and they're like, all right, well, uh, get to it. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> 100%, bro. I just, they just throw you out there like, okay, uh so nobody's okay you know and and, and then uh what, what what he sends me out on the, for a listing appointment we list the house the, um within the first couple of weeks and i remember it sold oh, really? for over asking price wait wait wait. who got the he got the house you got the house well it was one of his clients but he sent me to go close it oh wow and i i could say i surprised myself by getting it done hey and, that's um, real. 
you know, we listed it at a good price. We sold it for over asking price in a couple weeks. And then a couple more went went down the line a couple months later. And then I remember the summer of 2007, they pulled the rug out from under us. Oh. And that's that's when people really started panicking. Right when you started to feel it. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I can do this. This is good. This is going to work. I'm going to, and I'm going to hit my goal. I'm going to get rich real quick. And, <laughs> and I start investing on my own. And, right. Buy a house and uh, you know, that, you know, start building my, uh, my little uh, empire or whatever. Exactly. Start, start doing exactly what my grandma and my dad did. And, you know, but yeah, that's uh, true. They, they really, they made really smart decisions, huh? You're, you're, you oh, do come yeah. up, you do come from a long lineage of, uh, real estate, uh, uh, smart real estate investors. Over time, it always works out. It's it's crazy, you know. There, there's there's uh, the ups and downs, but generally, right. if you're in it for the long haul, it's gonna work out as long as you don't over leverage yourself, which right. which we saw everybody doing back then, two thousand five, two thousand six, two thousand seven. Yeah, and now I see a lot of people speculating on, oh, it's gonna happen. It's not gonna happen again. Yeah, they they. They would look like idiots. There's yeah, too many I mean, safeguards. There's too many safeguards they put in place. I think it's not gonna happen again. You heard that right now from the man Brian Link, realtor. Bro- I'm sorry, broker, Pacific Shore Estates. He's telling There's you right now. There's not gonna be a crash. There's gonna be a correction, a slight correction, where, where things always dip as they always do in the cycles. But it's not gonna crash like it you know, and that leading to that, it says I feel like you know you really have grasped the concepts that, that, that I guess that is due to the appraiser mentor uh, that you worked for there. Uh, but you really grasped the concepts and the technical side, but and the overall uh, scope of real estate really quickly. What would you what would you attribute that to? Would you attribute it to to just instinct or put a lot on uh, you know maybe half and half with, with the appraiser? Um, I, I put it half and half and, you know, the experience that I, I got to experience that, you know, right. I, I wasn't able to make a lot of money in that market, but I got to see a lot of stuff that a lot of people won't stick through and see. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, you know, the only way I was able to make money was short sales, foreclosures, Ugh. dealing with the banks on a daily basis, finding Ugh. out what they want to see, um, putting together a portfolio for them to you know, help people out if they were behind on their mortgage, um, you know, nursing clients, you know, that I say is nursing because, uh, well, I'd, I'd say probably helping being their therapist too a little bit because, right. you know, there was yeah, a lot of sorrow. Yeah, a lot of sorrow, a lot of uncertainty. Um, people tell me, you know, the the bank can come pry this house from my dead cold hands. Oh Jesus! Um, yeah, when all I wanted to do was help them try and do a short sale, and save their credit. But right. there was, a, you know, there was a lot of uh, what can I say? Egos involved too. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, it's the yeah, and you you, you yeah. can you can sympathize, but you know, we're looking at it from a more of a logical side. Uh, that's their personal, you know. They raised a family there, maybe, or who knows? But uh-huh. it's it's also not an ATM, so exactly. personal responsibility exactly. is what it is. Yeah, and if you made good enough decisions to get into a house, yeah, 
then you, you should have been able to understand what you were doing when you're leveraging 105% of its value. Yeah. You go on vacations, go buy other properties that couldn't even be rented out to cover themselves. Yeah, that's but tough. That's why I, I'm pretty sure things aren't going to get like that again because people were smarter this time around. Right. A lot of people learned their lesson that time, and right now uh, a, t- a typical refinance I'd say in California is going to be maybe you're going to refinance 80% of the value to take out money for your kid's college or maybe start a business or, um, you know, if it's enough to go buy another investment property and actually have equity in the investment property, it's it's the right way to go. Um, And if there is a correction of, you know, if you've only leveraged 80% of the value, and let's just say the prices go down 5%, 10%. It's not, not a panic anymore. Right. It's not like last time. Last time, you know, you're, you're not going to get upside down like we did last time. I hope not. Because the stated incomes, you know, they... I know. Uh, and that's what you saw when you were a lender for those couple of weeks. And you're like, wow, yeah, people are just lying on to loan, loan uh, docs. And just stuff. Tell, me, tell me what your job is. Okay, well, we've got a list that says... <laughs> um, uh, janice, janitor, um, let's just say custodian, because it sounds a little bit better. And custodians get paid yeah, I know. 20% more than baseline janitors. And, you know, we'll, we'll go off of that average income across the country, and we're going to use that to approve uh, you for this. So but, I, I, but I don't have that much. But don't worry, because your payment is <laughs> going to be less than interest only. Right, interest, less than interest only. <laughs> what is that? That's, that's a minimum payment? Is that what that is? Yeah, minimum payment <laughs> less than interest only for... Right. three out of the next five years Those poor and then people. it's going to adjust to whatever the interest rates are and then you're going to have to pay uh, you know PIT principal interest taxes and insurance and your payment's going to quadruple I feel like they got out of it though I feel like they're doing okay now I don't. well I guess they, it's been 10 years they, right? have, they haven't done it that's the thing they, they stopped those loans and people really they, they've been smarter about purchasing you, you're actually being qualified the no, but, and the lenders. but I'm saying the people that, you know, all those people, pride out of my dead hands people, maybe they're dead by now. It's been 10 years, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but I think a lot of the people recovered pretty, pretty substantially. It wasn't, it wasn't, I, I don't know. I think they're, they're okay right now. Maybe I, I, I could so. be wrong. A, a lot of them are. Yeah. But we go because the values went up. Uh, if, yeah, they, value, if they got we're, in a, we're looking at the same values we had basically yeah. back before everything started going down. Wow. Well, then that's cheaper. Is, then it's cheaper now because of inflation. Exactly, and and people can actually afford it. Wages have gone up. Yeah, you um, think so? For for the W two workers, yeah. Yeah. There's oh, that's there's true. Somebody somebody's able to be qualified to buy these places with yeah. 20 percent down. Well, I think a little bit of the baby boomers are dying. Passing away. No offense, baby boomers out there, but uh, and they're leaving their kids uh, some, some uh, substantial money. Uh, I think that, uh, and even there's a lot of World War II era people, not not quite World War II, but a little bit older than baby boomers that are still alive. They're leaving their baby boomer kids money, or you know, there's. there's I, agree. I would definitely agree that they said there's more of them than there is a combined all the other generations. What is it, X, Y, and millennial? I I, I think so. See? I haven't seen the exact stats on that one. Right? No, that's I'm pretty, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it's true. Uh, in regards to you know they they had good retirements 
Yeah. Um, they, they saved. Mm-hmm. They they invested properly. They were they were taking care of things in a in a proper manner to where now their kids are getting a hold of you know the estates and right. now a lot of uh, you know the millennials I would say maybe even are yeah maybe some millenn- yeah exactly yeah 30, 35 year olds or you know 30, mm-hmm. some of that 30, they're, 30, they're 30, 30, 30 to 35 getting, yeah yeah they're getting their hands on some money to be able to come up with that down payment it's a glorious <laughs> it's a glorious world we live in you wouldn't know it if, by watching the news but it really is a prosperous time I don't I think everybody should just mm-hmm. realize that it's uh, it's a good time right now Somewhere. That's absolutely true. You always have to pay. Well, some, well, we won't, I've been, yeah, anyways. But as, but as long as, you know, as long as uh, you can qualify for the loan right now to buy, and, and it's going to be typically a 20 or 30 year mortgage, and you've got a solid income, that payment's not going to go up. You know what's going to go up, though, if you don't go buy? Mm-hmm. Your rent. Mm-hmm. Um, Landlords are gonna, Ugh. you know, they, they they can they can raise it. There there are some laws in regards yeah, to yeah, rent control is pretty stuck in a lease. Mm-hmm. But for general consensus, it's it's always a good time to buy if you know what your payments are gonna be for the long term. Mm-hmm. And if you want to stay, you know, stay one place for a while. But teaches you know, but what? Let me ask you something really. Uh, not maybe off topic, but what, if a client were to learn about you, that would totally just blow their mind. It would be like a direct contrast with who they perceive the greatest realtor that's ever lived, greatest broker that's ever lived, Mr. Brian Lake. What would, what would be one thing that you think uh, they'd be surprised to know about you? You don't like cats. <laughs> I don't know. You don't like cats. Just kidding. I don't know. Maybe you do. Maybe you do. No, I like cats. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, I don't like snakes. But... <laughs> yeah, you know what? A lot of people out there don't like it either, I don't think. No, it's been... All right. Well, we could head it back. Well, you are a Lakers fan, right, Brian? I am a Lakers fan. Why? Yes. Why is that? <laughs> Why? I like winning. Uh... <laughs> It's always a good. It, it's always good, except for right now. It's it's not a it's not the greatest time in the world for a Laker fan. But it's never a great time. We we are on the brink of you know bringing it all back. I'd say next year we should be okay. Yeah, at least your uh, your star player isn't like the most miserable person on the planet. Exactly. That's ridiculous. So, well, br- hey, what, what would I give to get Kobe back? Yeah, would you? My left leg, but really, you know, LeBron. Uh, I haven't really been following too much, and I've been so busy. I, I, to everybody out there, this has been a great day today. I clo- we closed the deal here. Uh, what's the play? The first iteration is going to be coming out uh, through Leviathan Games, and uh, it's been a great day, Brian. I'm excited about it. <laughs> oh, you and me both. I think the world's you know okay. We heard about what's the play. What is it? So sit tight. It uh, we just closed the deal today, and man, does it feel good? And uh, give a big shout. Out to my partner, Mr. Uh, John O'Donnell. He did a fantastic job today. But uh, so, anyways, if you could, uh, Brian, did you did you excel in Monopoly when you were a kid? I believe I did. <laughs> of course, you did. I was uh, I, I, I was like being the bank at Monopoly. Oh, really? 
was pretty crazy. I played a lot with my grandma. Yeah. Yeah, I, we should, we should play we should play live one of these days. Everybody uh, can watch us. You know they got Monopoly at uh, Vons. I went last night. I'm looking at these little cards right here. That's what inspired they, me. They started dealing out my pieces last night when I went to Vons too, and I told them uh, I'm good. Who have you ever heard of anybody winning? Actually, <laughs> winning that, that game. Nobody I know. I get you close why? because the, the winning piece gets thrown in the trash by somebody, and there's only one of them. Oh oh, there's only one. Well, that's what I, I know. I heard it was like in Uzbekistan or something. That's what, and people like yeah. try to trade him over Craigslist or something. So my theory's always been that they just the one guy who says he'll take the pieces mm-hmm. and doesn't play them and he throws them in the trash. <laughs> that's a terrible individual. <laughs> oh my god, who is that guy? I think we we know him. I think we probably know. <laughs> well, you already t- you already took away one of my questions, but uh, can, if you could describe the greatest day that you've ever had in real estate, and then just to be fair, what was your worst? All right, my greatest day I ever had in real estate was the day I represented myself to buy my first home. Let's give him a round of applause, everybody. That's right. that, was, that, that was actually an emotional one. Yeah, that's badass. Um, you know, and and then aside from that one, the I'd say what, the what, worst. What year? What year did you buy? Oh, that was uh, 2015. Beautiful. Yeah, what? actually, come up about four years. Dang, I've been out here for four years. Really? <sighs> I gotta take a deep breath for that one. <laughs> um, what was the feeling like, though? Was it just complete? Like I did it. I I did it. It was. It, it was emotional. Number one, because I I finally reached a goal that I'd set a long time ago. My you know my late late teens, early twenties. Wow, you were thinking about that, or you were good at Monopoly. I always wanted to buy a house. That was, yeah. that was my thing. I didn't I didn't ever want to rent. Mm-hmm. I want, I always wanted to own my own house because my dad told me a story about him and his brother and a couple buddies were renting the place, mm-hmm. and my dad was a hard worker, but his brother like party and he came he came home one day and they were partying and i guess the landlord gave him a bunch of crap right and uh evicted him mm. because based on the party and my dad told me that was the moment he said screw this i'm just gonna go buy my own place There's, nobody's ever gonna throw me out of a place again that's right his, his, even if his brother wanted to Pass out on the front porch or something. Exactly. You know, he, <laughs> then, he could kick his brother. I was going to say, that he, I know Harvey. I think he's kicked me out when I was a kid. I think a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quite a few people. Well, that's beautiful. Well, well, okay, so what was the worst day, you think? And just for just to be fair. Just to be fair. Uh, the, the worst one was during that turbulent time when everything was crashing. And I remember for a year and a half, we were... We were working on trying to negotiate a guy. He's probably the most honest guy I ever I ever had as a client, um, because everybody else was defaulting on their loans. Mm-hmm. So he so was still trying to pay. Get the bank to right. give them either a uh, a loan modification or get the bank to seriously look at their short sale. Short sale, yeah. Because the banks at the time weren't. What can I say? They can't. They weren't. Um, yeah, it's open to short sales. They didn't. They didn't see the. How crazy yeah, it? well, especially if you were current. This mm-hmm. guy 
scratched and clawed, and no matter how Ugh. tight things were, he was making his payments. Um, even when they adjusted, he was making the payments, even though it was hurting him. And he really didn't want to default. Right. And uh, over a year of him making these payments, and we were saying, you know, if you can make the payment, make the payment, but they're not going to listen unless you, you know, you possibly miss one. If you if you can't make it, then it's not the worst thing in regards to negotiating with the bank. Oh no, that's all he needed. And no, and and and, and what he said, uh, you know, he he just refused to do it. Meanwhile, mm. we had another client who had it was one of their investment properties, mm. and all we did was send a letter into the bank and. A hardship letter? uh, Yeah, a hardship letter. And the bank comes back within 60 days and knocks like 10% off their loan balance. Gives them a better locked interest rate for your mortgage. On an investment? On an an investment property. Wow. And it just just broke my heart because it just showed how unfair everything was. Wow. Yeah, they don't – I mean, it's their secondary property. They're more – at risk of losing that. I mean, the bank was at Martin. That's weird. That's weird. It, it was. It, it, to me, it was the worst day in it because it, it showed me the reality of the way the banks were working and the way their minds were. It's yeah. like, okay, you got the guy who always makes his payment, does everything he can to save his home so his family could live there and, and have a roof over there. And on the other hand, you got the investor. <laughs> right. Something they, they, a they slumlord. <laughs> Old and, slumlord over there. <laughs> and, 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 and to make it even worse, it was the same bank. No. Oh, so so you had already you had already maybe you had written a hardship letter for the the honest guy at all or or yeah. oh so you had, okay so you had already like yeah, tried to make yeah, inroads you you put feelers out yeah you put feel, okay I thought you guys were just sitting tight and like just oh I see no, wow that okay and, and, and the sorry back America's like you exactly. dummy you didn't follow that yeah I got gotcha. you yeah, wow America God I still oh B of A yeah. yeah they took my uncle's house rest in peace Uncle Bob. But uh, yeah, they 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 were very uh, they were very aggressive on him as well. So uh-huh. I've never had them since. Yeah, I've always had other banks except for them. But you know, whatever. Uh, so, anyways, you are a family man, Brian, right? Yes, I am. Does your wife ever put your money in escrow? Oh, good answer. Good answer. All right. Well, next question. Next question. So, look at who would make a better realtor? You got to put them in maybe an order or pros and cons. Kobe, mm-hmm. Rick Flair, or your brother Glenn? Glenn, for sure. <laughs> He'd make a better realtor. I feel like Rick Flair would be a good realtor. Rick Flair would be a good realtor back in 06. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's part of your family. He wouldn't. He wouldn't let a paycheck screw somebody else over. No, absolutely not. He wouldn't. Yeah, no. That that's. I mean, you're all your family, man. You guys are all uh, come from you know, really good cloth. Uh, your, your father uh, really taught you value of a dollar and honesty, and uh, it shows with each and every one of you, man. I was the I was the one that he said you could sell ice to an Eskimo, Stephen, and I, that was the first time I ever heard that term. But <laughs> I didn't know what it meant. And, uh, I know. But everybody out there, I am a good, honest person too. Just took me a while. I just had to get out of my teens. 
even Eskimos need ice, buddy. No, I know. No kidding. No, I'm just kidding. No, my dad taught me honesty too. But anyways, so um, I believe we're going to have a caller here. I, I think that uh, next time you come on, we'll just do a straight – oops. I wanted America to get to know uh, – and, and, and globally – Get to know Mr. Brian Link, because even if you're in uh, Russia, maybe uh, you speak a little English and you want to you wanna know what's going on in the Russian market. Brian doesn't know anything about that, but he could probably tell you how to be ethical and how to treat your clients properly. So we do we do have a uh, uh, somebody emailed. He's got to be 50-something, right? I, I think so. Uh, I'm studying the books that they gave me and whatnot. Am I going to be using anything anything here on uh, – am I going to be using anything uh, on the real estate that I'm learning for the real estate test? Or is there anything you could recommend – uh, that I could use to study for for my exam. Um, well, I, there's a lot of uh, question and answer things that can help you prep for all the questions with with the right answers for the test. Um, the books that they give you, my opinion uh, is that vocabulary is the most important one. Right, knowing the uh, um, language or whatnot, yeah. Yeah, the, the language is the hardest thing to figure out. If you don't, if you haven't been in the business, um, you know, vocabulary is the number one thing to get down because... Yeah, it took me a while. Probably, you know, like a two-year learning curve, like with any kind of industry that's worth, you know, a damn, you know, like you you have to like, you know, get get familiar with all the terminology. That was That was huge. Exactly. And then, you know, the rest of it is being able to determine what's the difference between legal and ethical. Mm, you found that out right away. Because just because something's legal doesn't mean it's ethical. Right. Yeah, that, that interests me. You know, uh, And I'm not going to throw any other realtors under the bus or anything, but it, I, would, I would be surprised at the, the lengths that some would go, uh, you know, just to get that commission and uh, treating their client, you know, double lending and not really, you know, just to make sure that, you know, which is double ending isn't a bad thing. It's just make sure that you give the both both uh, ends the, the proper uh, attention. Exactly. You gotta just keep the open communication. Let them both know that you're double ending it, and mm-hmm. that um, usually you want to make sure that it's clear across the board that you have both their interests involved. And if there's a any kind of discrepancy. You gotta get them both to the table so they can figure it out, right? And let them sort it out, exactly. And not pick sides. It, you you can't in that situation. Right. That's yep. why a lot of people recommend to get your own realtor rather than go to the open house and let that guy um, represent you and the seller. Um, but a lot of times, open houses are being held by mm-hmm. somebody else, not necessarily the listing agent, so, right? A lot of times that guy having the open house can represent you in a good capacity where he's going to have your interest involved, number one. All right. But, the again, it goes back to ethics. That's mm-hmm. why we here at Pacific Shore States, we keep ethics as a, one of the strictest things that we, you know, take care of. You can't spell ethics without Pacific Shore Estates. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you get okay. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> Man, it's been such a long day, bro. Oh shit, that was beautiful. That should be the. Can't You can't spell Pacific Shore Estates without ethics. Wait. 
you're on yeah. to something there, Steve. There it is. There it is. You, well, you need those. You need those letters. You do need. <laughs> <laughs> How's your golf game? I got a new a couple weeks ago. Get out of here! Oh, I hate oh, yeah. you. That's well, amazing. From an albatross. Really? Somehow I made the putt. Yeah. Uh, so part four. Just... Albatross, what part four? Like whatever. Holy one, part four, whatever. Oh, oh, you got that? What? You drove on a par. You got an well, ego on a par five. Par five, I, I hit a really good drive, and then I pulled the three wood out that I never used from the middle of the fairway, and uh, I just, it launched I just it. hit it, and oh. it gets up on the green and it rolls past the hole by like four feet, and then oh. and then to make it even better, because I'm like, all right, I got an eagle putt, and my buddy I'm golfing with, he's about sixty yards out mm-hmm. on his third hit, and he's like, well, I guess I got it. I guess I got to get it in from here to, to beat you on this one. And he sunk Son it. Son of a bitch chips it in for Eagle. Who was it, Tig? 60 feet out. No, I wasn't Tig. It was my buddy Bob. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, it, it, I, I'm like, really? You're not going to give me this one? Where was this at? Um, Costa Mesa. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, Mesa, Mesa Verde Mesa or something? Linda. Mesa, Mesa Linda. Mesa Mesa Verde. Out right of Harbor. Yeah, right. All I remember is there was an Eagle. I've never golfed with somebody where we both eat right. the same hole. Yeah, that's that's insane. You guys are you guys are pretty competitive uh, bunch of friends there. Yeah, it's uh, it's good. You know, sometimes things happen. If you're not first, you're last. So Brian, I guess, <laughs> Brian, you know, I think uh, I guess we're gonna wrap this thing up here, put a little bow on it, and it's been a pleasure talking with you. And, and I think America and the globe. Is much better tonight to know that this world is in better hands because you are out there uh, taking care of your clients and getting them into the homes that they deserve. Um, I think we want to end it here that if if, uh, if Brian from one year from now, I don't know, maybe he has a, maybe he has a, you know, uh, Brian, Brian, when did you have kids? Oh, all right, restart that one. Gotcha. If, uh, let me see. Uh, actually, no. You know what? Uh, if 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 what do you think it is? Like, if 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 a client is trying to make that tough decision between uh, Pacific Shore Estates, which is a, a much more personalized brokerage, versus one of the bigger, boring guys like Keller Williams or Berkshire Hathaway or something like that, what would you perceive would be the biggest advantage that uh, they would have coming on over to Pacific Shore Estates? Uh, well, the thing I can always preaching is that we don't let commission drive us uh you know we know each deal needs to be handled in its own way just like every client and ethics are the only thing that we're strict on absolutely uh, each deal is gonna require something to make sure it smells right all the way through mm-hmm. and that's actually gonna be pacific shore states to make sure it happens I love it. I love it. So we wrap this up with a bow, Brian. If Brian from a year from now could visit tonight, Brian, sleepy, sleepy little Brian, and and tonight he just kind of wakes him up and he goes, <laughs> he goes, hey, hey, let me tell you what the real estate market's going to be like in a year. What would what would he tell sleepy Brian tonight? <laughs> and, I don't know. That's what I, I got. I, 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 I would say that um, he's going to say that the state of the economy is going to be all right. 
All right. And it's still a good time to buy, still a great time to sell, and it's always a great time to invest. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Brian. We look forward to having you on again. We'll have a lot more questions and a lot more call-ins. We just wanted America and the world to know, get to know you. Uh, Brian from Pacific Shore Estates, located in the beautiful city of Orange. And you can reach them at 1-800. Oh, you're going to... Oh, is that me? <laughs> uh, you can... <laughs> <Try this one. laughs> I was going to do like a little back and forth. I know, sorry. All right. And that... Uh, Pacific Shore Estates, located in the beautiful city of Orange, and you can reach them at? 800-217-1539. Should I let them know, the audience know a little secret? We've been kind of waiting. I think it's time to let the cat out of the bag, Steve. Well, America, I have taken my talents to Pacific Shore Estates. So, listen, not only do you get ethics, you get another set of ethics. And you get amazing salesmanship. Make sure I'll sell that home and all else I'll buy it. So that's it. Well, I think we're going to All right, Show. showmanship too. Yeah, we're, we're going to make sure that, uh, well, your house, first of all, will be uh, definitely uh, displayed here on the Who Cares podcast. But besides that, we're running out of time. Brian Link, anything you would like to say in closing to America? I just want to say thank you very much for having me, Steve. I really appreciate your time and uh, I've really enjoying the podcast i can't wait to be back i can't wait to uh make my broker some money thank you brian i appreciate it all right brother talk to you all right, all right man. Bye. bye so we need to leave those pretenders to the who cares podcast thrown behind everybody knows you're on blast doesn't matter let's get to the real real story that's happening this week So, a very serious story that, yes, it's serious in the news media, and of course, it's the flavor of the week. Uh, You got two Hollywood uh, stars, but they're not Hollywood, really. They're like two TV stars. And if you looked at them, holy shit, does Hollywood make some magic. Oh, my God. Like, wow. (laughs) Including Mr. uh, A person I really admire, Mr. William H. Macy, I admire mm-hmm. as much as you can admire one of these pieces of garbage. But, <sighs> you know, I like his acting. I guess that's what you would say. Yeah, but me they, too. they all look like like people that, like, when I was like uh, 14, and you go over to this house and it's kind of like it's a trailer park, and their skin is just like. <sighs> yeah, they're like the people that your parents would be like, don't stand too close to them. Yeah. I need to keep an eye on you. Like for real, like I'm looking at what these people look like outside of the studios, mm-hmm. and you're looking at Lori Laughlin. She was a, you know, she's now the face of it, which is unfortunate because there are many, many powerful men, and I know women all across America. Are like, why are the women the face of it? Well, you know what? The men weren't on Full House, so yeah, and clickbait. She clickbait. She also has a rooster neck yeah she has a rooster neck and a little she ain't the cock of the walk i'll tell you that her no. daughter unfortunately they, they've allowed their daughter she married mossimo too so when everybody's going this is some stuff against women but no Lori laughlin has put herself in there she stars every day on a hallmark movie i know this because every time i go to my mom's house 
She's watching a Hallmark movie. Yeah. And she married Mossybo, the guy that's, that sold out his brand, that actually was decent when I was a... No, it wasn't really... When, I was, it, when you're... Yeah, um, shit, I don't know. Coming up. Yeah, but for sure. Anyways, he sold out to like Target, or I want to say Target, or Walmart. And then they bought the brand, and they made Mossimo after that. Oh, gosh. Right? And now yeah. he wears a scarf when he goes, like, I've been looking, because they're showing all the pictures. He wears scarves when he goes to, like, things. Well, it, well like, better than having his name be Oshkosh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, this family, now that you look at it, because there's now a spotlight on this family, and the daughter, Olivia, has 2 million YouTube followers, and just... Maybe, I don't know, a couple months ago or a month ago, she was talking about how she doesn't really want to go to school for the school, and she doesn't know why she has to go there. She was forced to. She was forced to. That's what she said. Well, she was forced to because her parents paid $500,000 to get her in there. And she's like, I don't really know if I want to go to school, but I I think I want, like, I know I want to party, and I know I want to get the whole experience, right? Which, understandable, Olivia, we all know. Like I would have fucked I you guess. too. Listen, Olivia, when I was uh, in college, definitely I, you would have been one of the girls that would have made their way through my room, and that's what you would have been. Yep. And uh, now, so I hope that college up... experience would have been great for you. Yep. And now you're taking up a spot that someone else that really wants that to go to that school. And you're just like, eh, 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 but in fairness, John, I don't know if you really com- comprehend that at that age. You, I know that society treats you as an adult, which is, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy, right? They wanted, it is. The city of Long Beach wanted to throw me under the bus at 23, but I didn't know shit. Oh, sorry, 22. Yeah. I was 22. I don't know shit. And she's 19. She's 19. But some people can't like I'm I think at that age you can decide whether I want to further my education no, right. or I do not. You're right. You're right. That, I took out I took out a girl that was twenty two, the last girl I dated that was older than me. And I knew I you know, I was I was doing good then at nineteen, twenty. So yeah, mm-hmm. never mind. I was fucking I think I was better at nineteen than I was at twenty six. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, me too. Me too. You know? So anyways, yeah. Olivia, we're real sorry that your parents got uh, exposed. And to yeah. every, there's another – what I decided to do is I decided to bring up the uh, court documents. Of, and there's this mm-hmm. man called Enriquez, and he's like a, a big-time capital investor. He owns something something powerful or something. But his name's Enriquez. Oh. I don't know. Oh, he's the C, C – like, oh, he's from the Dominican Republic? Okay. Yeah. So, what does he do? Uh, Deals drugs. (laughs) Oh, did I just say? Well, we'll leave that one in. Definitely. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. This guy's a piece. His name is Manuel. 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 Enriquez. Manuel. Manuel Enriquez. That sounds like two first names. Let's give him a round of applause. Um, Hercules Psych. Capital. Hercules Capital is the one. He's the CEO 
uh, after he was fingered. This is weird. Uh, after he was fingered as a principal player. Did this who the fuck wrote this, this guy what named Scott Blaus Scott Blustein Scott Blaustein. It's, it's Jew Please versus it's Jew versus El Salvador. Where is he from? Dominican Judea. Republic. Dominican Republic. So this there might be some deep seated stuff right here. Yeah, this sounds I, like a little bit of. Uh, oh no no no! Scott Blaustein is his, is his replacement. Oh, mm, gosh. That's yeah. definitely a hate crime. He's being replaced by Scott Blustein. Blustein, the chief investment officer who became interim chief. Oh, who gives a fuck? Enriquez, who, who, the best part of the story is what Enriquez said about his son, though. And I want to bring that what up. What did you say? Not what I said, but he said about no, his son. No, what did you say? Yeah, it's it's fascinating. Yeah, I think I have it on my I thought I had it on my phone or something. Oh, that's uh, Genoa calling. He just texted me. He's with oh. me. But no, I wanted to show you. I wanted to talk about those things. Could I say what I think he's going to say about his son? Oh, uh, Genoa does not have a son. No, I'm not talking about Genoa. I'm talking about Enrique. Oh, Enrique Hernandez. Or what's his name? Uh, no, his last name's Hernandez. Enriquez. Is that... Wait, what the fuck? What is his name? It was Ma- Manuel Juan. Enriquez. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> um, I think he says, my son very smart. No. <laughs> no. It's exactly the opposite. <laughs> it is this poor kid. And you know what's crazy is these all these kids oh, that these gosh. parents are going down for, like 50 of the most like prominent, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, you know, uh, powerful people or whatever you want to call them uh, in the industry. Oh, is this? No, that's not it. Oh, that's the shit you sent me with. Goddamn, what's his name? Never gonna give you up. Never gonna say goodbye. Did you send that to me? You got me rickrolled. You got me rickrolled the other day. I did. That wasn't you. Oh, God, I remember Rickworld being sent. I remember it. I, mean, Rick I forget what Rickworld is. What is Rickworld? I know I sent you something. Never gonna give you up. Never gonna say goodbye. Never gonna turn around and hurt you. Rickworld. Right. I sent you the best YouTube video ever made. Oh, that was dope. That was dope. Yeah, that's one of my favorite videos. Uh, document. Now you got to hear what he said about his son. I mean, it, it is something on the lines of absurdity. Like, it shows what these people really think of their kids. And it shows what's happening to America. Mm-hmm. These parents, they're the ones responsible. It's not millennials or Generation yeah. Z. The parents were the ones that fucked up. But that would be like, what, Gen X, right, I guess? Yeah, they should just call it genocide. <laughs> 
you know, they want to be friends with their kids. And they want to do it totally different than their parents did it. And blah, yeah. blah. And now and they're what paying happened? the price. Yeah. And you got to be a parent, motherfucker. Be yeah, parent. dude. You can't be best friends with your kid. Yeah, be best friends with them when you they're older. To... Yeah. They'll be best friends with you when you're older. Yeah, because they'll thank you and be like, thank you for respect raising you. me right. They'll respect you. Yeah. And now, and they won't be at their school, even though they still, John, you know, they're still, they're going to school there still. They may be indicted, some of them who knew about it. But they're still going. Right. And everybody wow. knows, everybody knows that they fucking cheated to get in there. Yeah, you're not supposed to be here, but uh, right. hello. Good morning. Yeah, you're not supposed you to be here. You don't have to say the Pledge of Allegiance. You're not supposed to be here. Yeah, and if you don't want to, you don't have to say the Pledge of Allegiance. I don't know why all the race baiters like Don Lemon and all those people on the news don't come out for those people because then people are going to say, you're not supposed to be here. Yeah. And that's true, but they didn't do anything wrong. Their parents yeah. were the piece of garbage. Just like for the the race haters. I know. That's so weird, man. Their what? parents were the piece of the garbage too. And, and yeah, and a lot of people, a lot of people are saying that it's like the uh, from because everybody got mad at affirmative action a long time ago, right? Yeah. They, so they quit that, you know. Yep. So now they're saying, "Well, shit! All the that never happened to the elite." Because what do you think? If I were a betting man, John, uh, do you think this is the only uh, corruption within the school system within our? Our country, some some mm. old ass man over here in Newport Beach. No, I think this is the first time there's ever been corruption anywhere in the school system. You think it is? Yeah. You really? Psych. <laughs> Hell right. no, dude. Corruption is in every single uh, office or like every position of every, mm-hmm. um, you know. It's in everything. And now we're just starting to see it on a, on a whole new level. So, like, everybody's so mad at Trump and all that. And whether you believe he's corrupt, that's, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine. But you cannot tell me that every one of these motherfuckers in government, uh, in somehow, some way, that's why they go into government. If they, like, many of these, like, yeah. uh, government officials, if you look at their resume, they're like, they graduated from Harvard. And then they went to go do like uh, community organizing or, or mm-hmm. stuff like that. They ran for office. Yeah, so that's already institutionalized. Yep, that's all they did. And you know what? What I have to say about all this, anyways, is if you're not perfect, then you know, in some way or another, right. you're corrupt. So that means everybody's corrupt. So welcome. Well, to well, the hold, club, on, hold guys. on. No, no, no. Hold on. That I, I, I don't believe that. Not on their level. No, it's not on their level. I don't. I don't believe that. And I'm just saying. For no, I don't believe that, John. I, 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 I'm, I'm gonna disagree with you on that completely. Okay. Uh, do, does as anyone is everyone not perfect? Of course, but Absolutely. there comes a time. There comes a time like, if you saw that your kid was a big dummy, like all these people did, Felicity Huffman, Lori mm-hmm. Loughlin, and you had the money to make sure that their kid got. Uh, you know, into a, a pretty good, a really good school, much farther than they could have gone. Would you Photoshop their head 
knowing that they've never played football ever their whole life and put it on there because some guy told you to do that and make sure, and he's like yeah if you just do that that's fine and now uh but and he's like well my son never my son never done nothing in my life that's enriquez that's what he did he put right he's no, like, just i would fo- never do that okay and because you know what no, you, you're, no. You're, you're either you either raise your son the best you could and if your son's right. a big dummy who cares he's your son yeah. don't try to manipulate the system Mm-hmm. because that's your fault that's your fault they're but trying no, to make I... up for fucking with their money and and this is what's happening john and it's being put on full display would you like to hear my take on it oh yeah absolutely but i think you missed my point oh maybe i did <laughs> i'm not saying i believe that Crush always making me feel like I got nothing to offer But I'm the only one that can make you feel right I'm the only one that you think of at night Baby, don't lie, you're always talking to me Like you're totally bothered So why you always ring at the end of my line? Don't you got a girl that can make you feel nice? It's a death sign, you see me as your lifeline Other boys and girls never really made you feel right I know when you're done, you'll come running my way So I let you date everyone and complain That you can't find a lover Cause I'm the only one when the chemistry fades I'm the only one at the end of the day Kinda cliche, you see me as your lifeline Other boys and girls never really made you feel right And you can't explain why I'm always running your mind Don't you see the answers right in front of your eyes? So why you tryna 